Okay, good morning. Sunday morning, 8 o'clock. And again, your podcast host is going to tell you that I really don't want to do this podcast right now, but I'm being instructed that Bud needs to have his walk. So we're out with Bud, and we're walking Bud, and we had a storm come through last night. Storm is rain. And so things are a bit damp out here, but it also cooled things off. We're sitting at 57 degrees, folks. 57 degrees. How wonderful that is for us here in Arizona. And it's beautiful. I think it's going up to 75, but wow, October 7th. It's a good thing to cool off. So we're walking down the street. There's still low clouds, so the clouds, when it rains, the the, uh, water vapor gets close to the ground. So normally I look out and I see some mountains with the sun shining on them with some shadows, and it's kind of reddish. But today there's clouds everywhere, and even low, like maybe 500 feet off the ground. So they're kind of blocking the mountains that I'm looking at, which is really cool. But it's not 100% um, cloudy out, so there's some blue skies out there, and the sun's breaking through. So we don't we don't get many days like this, so it is enjoyable. And I don't I I uh, maybe I would call my sister in Texas, but she's traveling from uh, Sedona back to Texas, so I can't chat with her right now. But um, so, and I don't really want to listen to some other podcast, so I'm going to do my own, <laughs> do my own podcast. So, nice, uh, nice October 7th morning here, a little bit of rain, but it's now it's dry, so it's, I mean, it's not, the ground is wet, but the air is not, there's nothing falling out of the sky. And the Halloween decorations are up. So we have a neighbor that uh, he goes all out on the Halloween. So right now I hear fans, all these electric motors, inflating like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. This must be 20 inflatables. Hey man, sounds like we're at the airport. They got the fa- the fans are going, all the engines. <laughs> Morning, Doug. So yeah, there's probably twenty to thirty electric fans going, blowing the in- Halloween inflatables. So yeah, he's a New Yorker. That's cool. We got the mix here in the Phoenix neighborhood. As you do. New York, China, um, Chicago, Minnesota. We got a we got a mix here. We got a mix. So we probably have some weird, you know, mental gyrations. I mean, and and the demographics of the U.S. is a, a lot higher mobility in 2018-19 than the mobility of the country back in the 50 years ago or 100. So now we get a lot of mixture of experiences and thoughts 
which you know should be a good thing right because there's that group group think mentality that if you don't move out of your zones you end up thinking about um, kind of like as a group think so whatever your local community is focused on and if they if they've never been out of their comfort zone or their experience then it tends to look at subjects from one point of view and uh, by mixing people that have spent years in different parts of the country and well, it's not a plan thing. That's what's so weird about life, you know? Like, you can't plan out, like, oh, I'm going to move these people here and move them there. and they're, It's no. Everybody's, like, making their own choices. And, uh, you know, they decide what's right in their own minds. I think, is that how it goes? Um, everybody did what was right in their own eyes or mind. So we make choices. And they're not then it gets into character, right? So if you have a nice character, which none of us really have a perfectly nice character, you make good choices and make good decisions, whatever good is, but that's even evaporative. It's, it's elusive. What's a good decision? You make choices and people say, learn from mistakes or learn the hard way um, over time or the uh, experience, learn and grow model. So, or you don't have to get it perfect, you just gotta get it going type thing. Um, Yeah, yeah. So what else, what else, what do we got going on this podcast? The I got blocked on Twitter for some reason. I think somebody must have overnight. I, I did. Uh, I, was, I was watching by myself some of the Greg Gutfeld show, one of my favorites. Much better than John Oliver, of course. Greg Gutfeld. So much more. Fun. Well, he's. I shouldn't say funnier. Oliver maybe on the distribution curve is probably a little bit more of an outlier on humor, but. Uh, on intelligence, I would put Gutfeld further out on the distribution curve. So he's smarter, maybe a little less funny, but you multiply the two together and Gutfeld is superior than Oliver. So Oliver's playing with a, on the intelligence scale, not quite as smart as Greg, you know? And if he has pseudo certainty, which Oliver probably has, and he has to, yeah, he's pushing humor more than reason, thought, smartness, influence. He's just a joker and a sarcastic SOB, which is okay. But his, he doesn't really take you anywhere. He doesn't really engage. He just surfacely takes news items and surfacely. So here's my critique of Oliver, which... I only, I probably only watched him for maybe two hours, which, eh, that's enough to form an opinion, right? <laughs> John Oliver, I'm an Englishman who's never really lived and grown up in the American world. 
is polluted. Polluted, my friends, by an English view of the world, which is, you know, you've got to have a king and a queen. Oh, we can, pick, we can make fun of the king and the queen and the royalty. Oh, yeah, we can make fun of it. But it's still there underlying, and you kind of run to it, aren't you? You know, run to the royalty and say, oh, yeah, with history, thousands of years of England, the Magna Carta, and we're so superior. Yeah, that's why you got your asses kicked out of every country you ever tried to take over. Right? Right, England? Yeah, yeah. Hey, John, how's that? Is that funny, John? Yeah. John is all about, show me the money. John is in New York as an Englishman. It's his shtick. The Englishman in New York. Oh, yeah. Okay, so write your jokes. Write your jokes, John. Okay, it's entertaining. Five minutes. But it doesn't stick with you because your stuff you say isn't actionable. It's not, you can't put it in your head and think about issues. All you can do is laugh. It's like fast food. John Oliver, Rez Gutfeld is meaty thinking, deep thought, and humorous on top. So I got to give it to Gutfeld. Sorry, folks, for you John Oliver fans. Just watch it. If you want to, yeah, sit back and just have a laugh for five minutes and go on to your uh, rest of your life, then, yeah, Oliver's fine for that junk food. But if you want to think, engage your brain, if you're one of those types who's really deep thinking on um, issues of the day and so forth, um, then you probably want to listen to Gutfeld because he probably has better reasoning and background. So let's take the latest. This latest news story is the Kavanaugh Supreme Court thing. And people have their thing about it. But, I mean, come on. The, the, the big rain, you know, the big thing about him was they brought this high school story out. It's just crazy, you know. And even if it was, I don't even know, what does true mean in this case? I mean, I really think they both have memories. And I think she easily could have confused him with somebody else, you know. Because, I mean, it's just like, why not? It's a high school thing. It's just stupid. So she has a memory. So she's right. She's valid. It just wasn't Kavanaugh. That's very plausible. And it doesn't even need to be defended, really. I mean, that's the other fallacy is nothing happened. So she got traumatized, right? It wasn't, it wasn't like premeditated trauma by anyone. It's just a silly high school drinking, debauchery. And now it's like brought forward as like some weird thing. I mean, I, I just, it's just bizarre to me. So that's the Kavanaugh thing. So you get all of the Republicans supporting Kavanaugh. And it's almost like they have to because no Democrats are going to go against their party. And this is where, like, some people say, well, it's, it's just partisan politics. And I would argue that, no, it's really not partisan politics for the Republicans. The Republicans looked at the facts and said, this is BS. So we're putting them in. And it's only the Democrats that are being partisan. They're the ones that are like, well, no, we're going to, no, we've got to vote against him just for like some kind of bizarre thought that whatever, you know, that's the party line. 
the Democrats is to be against this guy. And there it was, a waste of time for a couple of weeks. A lot of drama over this. And uh, the guy's in. So I, I think he's, <laughs> with the grueling the dude took, I, I think if he wasn't, like, against Democrats before, you can bet the dude is like, uh, yeah, that was not a fun couple of weeks for people. So for the next 30 years, I think uh, if there's any Democratic uh, reasoning that might be voted on by Kavanaugh, yeah, I think they pretty much cemented that he will never go that way. So congratulations, Dems. You really put yourself in a dumbass position. But anyways, we'll see how that plays out. And really, none of us really care anyway. So you just got to live life. You could be in you could be in East Germany right now, right? You could be in the East Germany, whether whether the uh, the real real East Germany or the former. Both of them have their issues. But people survive. They live. They go to restaurants. They uh, they live in the former East Germany. And they figure out something. Because that's the beauty of being alive. Breathe. Do something. So... I do love John Oliver, right? So we have to love everyone always. I just think he's just not that funny to me. And he is junk food and just not that deep. So let's get deeper. Let's go a little deeper. So I I had a nice tweeting time last night with some people. Um, Someone made the comment like, wow, wow. I'm not surprised that the, everybody wants Kavanaugh to be the Supreme Court Justice, the Republicans, the conservatives, the evangelicals, uh, group, 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 group think, right? Everything's about group. But it's not. It's just people, individuals. And uh, so my fa- favorite was the tweet that said, oh, well, you know, um, that uh, there was that Trump tape from 13 years ago on Access Hollywood thing or whatever, which I never listened to, really. Keep going, man. Way to go, man. Keep going. So Access Hollywood, uh, my friend just ran by. He's getting his mile mile run in. Hey, bud, come on. And, uh, (laughs) you know, so this is the, what, there's a great topic called cognitive biases. And I have cognitive bias, sure, why not? But it, go ahead, it, you have to understand cognitive biases to, to dig deep into reasoning to pull them out. So they're probably great debate um, fundamentals because this one to me is the fundamental attribution error. There's like 25 different cognitive biases so again frameworks i don't really like them but this is this one's fun and it actually is kind of neutral anyways but you you know you just apply the the framework how you see fit so there's like 25 different cognitive biases and the one i'm thinking about is the fundamental attribution error which essentially comes down to 
someone saying something uh, like an, it's almost like an if-then statement. And it's like, if Trump, you know, we've got him on tape saying that he did these awful or does awful things to women, okay? And uh, my favorite German comedian, Jan Boomermann, made a whole song, a good four-minute song video. And it's so well done. And it's, you know, against Trump. He's, like, he's probably like the German John Oliver, right? So for you sophisticates out there, if you, want to, uh, if you want to really go international on your humor and you think, so I'm being sarcastic, of course. And I know I have one listener that loves John, so that's kind of why I'm pushing it. More for fun. It's not I'm just doing it because I like to do that. You know, that's just me. <laughs> I like to poke people around. So you got to do Jan Boomermann. Which is a great name. He's, you know, this is German, right? So, Boomerman sounds like Bummerman. Bummerman. Boomerman is really funny, talented, way more talented than John Oliver because uh, Boomerman has made some incredible videos. Great, great, great all time videos that I go back to just for the entertainment of it. I don't always, I, I, most of the time, I do not agree. I'm sure I don't agree with. Boomerman's politics at all. Zero. But Boomerman is hilarious. So pause the show. I'm about to use some vulgar language because it's part of the Trump story. But if you if you look at the video called Grab 'em by the Pussy, all right, by Jan Boomerman, that is a great, great video. Jan Boomerman who was born in 1981 in post-Nazi Germany. What a great line. I was born in 1981 in post-Nazi Germany. (laughs) I was born in 1961 in post-Nazi America. How's that, Jan? Yeah. Anyways, it's just a line from a song. Pretty funny. Makes me laugh. And it's a great video, fun song. Where was I with Jan? So fundamental attribution there. Yeah, yeah. So the the story is related to the video because the person is saying like, wow, it's not surprising that all these Republicans and conservatives are supporting Kavanaugh because look, I mean, you had this tape, this tape from Trump, you know. You know, it's just so awful. Oh my gosh, he should never be pressured on that. So the fundamental attribution error is to think that um, you have a tape of someone saying something awful, or you know, you make a judgment. I'm pretty much sure everyone agree that it's not a great um, view of of things. And there it is. I never listened to it because I'm like, why listen to that? You know, so many people like made a huge deal of it. Do I really need to listen to the tape? No. So I'm very proud that I never listened to the stupid tape. But I did listen to Jan's video. So I think I have an idea what's on the tape. And uh, so the, the fundamental attribution error is that you have a tape. This guy says something awful. Therefore... I'm a, the, the people that vote for Trump 
love the tape. They love what Trump says on the tape. They're fully supportive. That's how they live their lives. 61 million people in the United States, maybe 35 million of them men, get up every morning, walk outside, and they think about doing what Trump did on the tape. That's, you know, that's your attributing. <laughs> that's, a funda- that's a classic fundamental attribution error, right? So I don't know if you follow that. That's what I'm, I'm describing it as, as, a, uh, as that's the case. And I would say zero, that my tweet response was, there is not a single, single voter for Trump out of 60 million that would listen to that tape and say, I was undecided about Trump, but now, damn it, I listened to that tape and he's my president. I love that guy. I just love that tape. I mean, I'm going to ignore, you know, how well that that Hillary did with Benghazi, you know, and, you know, what difference does it make? Damn it. You know, Hillary, I'm going to ignore how well she did with Benghazi. I'm going to ignore how well that that um, Hillary did standing behind Bill when you need Juanita Robert, Roderick brought charges of rape by Bill Clinton. You know, I'm going to ignore, you know, Hillary, I love Hillary. You know, Hillary was just the way she stood by Bill. And, you know, of course, I don't really believe Juanita Broderick. Why should I believe her? I much, I, I certainly believe Dr. Ford. Yeah, of course. But uh, what else? Oh, yeah, the basket of deplorables. You know, Hillary's really right about that. There are so many people out there that kind of lean towards Trump that are just deplorable, right? But when I heard that tape by Trump, man, I was under, I was going to vote for Hillary. But I just love Trump's attitude towards women, you know? So I voted for Trump solely because of that tape from Access Hollywood. That is the reason why I voted for Trump. That's it. Right? So that See, that's the attribution error by this tweeter. So let's just spin, this is the spin master, right? Spin everything the way you want. You don't like the guy, that's what they call cognitive bias. You already decided you don't like the guy or whatever. So you just, you line up every little factoid possible to support your position. But there it is. So I didn't really want to do this podcast, but I'm doing it. So I'm going with, going with the flow. So what are some other cognitive biases? There's uh, affirmation bias, which is kind of what we also have. So that's the thing about all these cognitive biases. You could have the affirmation bias in this case, which is you want to affirm you don't like this guy. So the um, I can't overlook this tape and be, you know, I have to. I don't like the guy anyways. The tape affirms my already decided position that this guy should not be elected. And that's fine, you know, it's, you're just, it's all cognitive bias. Cognitive, cognitive bias, what a, so complex subject. And there you go. I don't know if there's an answer to it. And we all, we all have them. So, I don't know, maybe Jan Boomerang can make a video on cognitive bias. Probably won't, because it's, it's basically the tool of comedy to twist biases into 
punchlines. But maybe I'm just bullshitting, which I am. I am. So, bud, let's go through this. Do we get any water down here? I don't think we. We're, we're taking bud down into the the wash, which is normally dry. And we don't have running water, but we do have some puddles. Oh yeah, bud, we got puddles. He never sees puddles. <laughs> we have some puddles of water, bud. And so we're gonna go down into the wash, but there's a path that we can go on, which will stay dry. Right, bud? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna stay dry over here. Gotta go to the left. So what do we wanna talk about next? Bud, you're going right into the water, man, come on. And uh, yeah, what else, what else? What, what, what else? Tweets, frameworks. On the personal level, I kind of want to. It's, I want to get out and run. I haven't gone for my run in a while, and now that it's 57 to 60 degrees, I, I'm, I have this imagination that my performance running will be a little bit better because it's not 85 to 90 degrees, and it's more comfortable to run. So, as I walk back home. Morning. Um, as I walk back home, I have to run some choices and decisions through my head. Do I have pancakes, which I, I'm leaning against having pancakes right now because I do want to get this run in. So I think for the most part, I'm going to put the bring Bud home and I'm going to put him in the house and he can hang out with everybody else. They can all have pancakes if they want, but I need to go do my run first and then I can eat. And uh, so that's the schedule this morning. I, I wanted to run before walking Bud. And uh, if I did that, I probably wouldn't do this wonderful podcast. So if you if you really enjoyed this podcast, well, you can thank it on the Bud Walk again. Bud Bud forced me into it, and uh, so yeah, I need to go run. And we lifted last night. So my my friend who's staying with me, we went to the to a gym and uh, did some upper body work. And I tried to avoid the legs, although I did a little quad and hamstring curling things. But my, I did some squats last Monday, and man, my knees were sore for a couple of days. So not the best situation for running. But I think my knees, for the most part, are calmed down. So I, when I get home, I'm going to switch gears, get some... Uh, running gear on as well and get out and run in this great weather we have finally have and let's see we'll use the Garmin Garmin 4Runner 620 watch which is a GPS 
um, watch with a little bit of heart rate monitor and also some um, software that does ground contact time and also um, steps per minute or pace and cadence they call it so in running cadence the you know the, the top marathon runners are at like 180 um, steps per minute so they, they keep short choppy steps and really quick steps and uh, I'm a tall person so and heavy so my cadence is not at 180 uh, I'm down on a warm-up. I can probably hit 170. I don't know if I can keep 170 up very long. Maybe 165. But in training, I'm down in the 155s for cadence. And uh, if I want to increase my speed, my I'm running at about... I can probably do a 10-minute mile, which isn't awesome. I could probably do it if I just flat out said, okay, let's do one mile. I could probably do it in eight and a half minutes, which I would be exhausted after that. But I might be able to rest for five minutes and do it again. I'm not sure. But I'm probably going to go for a 10-minute pace for four straight miles. And that's kind of building up to my endurance level. And the first two miles are mostly like a slight incline. And then the last two miles are downhill. So it's not my preferred way of doing it because I do. It's not a, a, a mountain climb or anything. It's just a slight incline, maybe 2% grade, not nothing severe. And it, it does uh, it does tax the body, you know, and the cardio. So it's... Uh, for any of you that run, I mean, I'm, you get, uh, it's a different experience. And uh, the, it's, uh, I probably, I don't know how many miles I've done. I, I know when I've trained, I've trained for, let's figure it out. So I've trained for four marathons and uh, a couple of, several half marathons. So on the training programs, I figured out that by the time you do the 26-mile marathon, I will have trained for 20 weeks and cover 500 miles. So I probably, I wanted to say, I was hoping I could finagle and say that I've actually ran 10,000 miles, but I don't, I probably am more like, let's see, four times 500, that's 2,000 miles. Throw in a bunch of other, I'm probably like four to 5,000 miles max in my quote unquote running career. Not that I'm, uh, focused on that because I just I don't uh, have a schedule life schedule to run disciplined three to four days a week and keep a, keep a marathon training program going all year where you know you'd be doing a thousand easily doing a thousand miles a year running if you were in that mode of of doing a uh, two marathons a year or some kind of training like that, maybe three, which some people do. And on the distribution curve, this is also interesting. It's like, you know, I have my body and I have my body weight and I have my ability to train and so forth. Sure, I could do better. I could spend more time in the gym. I could spend more time 
focus running, do more interval work. But I, I am what I am. I do what I do, and I'm on a distribution curve. So when I look at my age group doing a marathon, I'll probably be in the lower third of the results, and that's okay. I mean, I'd like to be maybe above average someday, but you know, it's going to take a little more effort. But it's okay. Um, it's it's running, and it's like uh, years of buildup, and uh, it kind of it does humble humble me, and but also puts things in perspective that everybody's different. So if you're a listener and you like to run, and your your pace is eight minutes a mile and you can do that for four to six miles and do a so a six mile would be a 10k so if you can do eight times six is 48 if you can do like a 45 minute 10k you're smoking you know you're doing awesome my best 10ks are like 58 minutes or so i don't think i could do one right now but we got the the thanksgiving turkey trots coming up and that's always the goal. The 45-minute 45 45-minute 45 10K is the gets you a turkey, a frozen turkey, if you can beat the turkey. So they usually put a, a, a runner out in a turkey costume who can probably run a 35 to 40-minute 10K, but with a turkey costume, he's, he's just uh, cruising along, setting the 45-minute pace. So that's, that's kind of fun, you know. Get the turkey, get the turkey out there. And, uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not, there was a time 10 years ago, I did the Rockstar Medal. I was motivated. I did uh, two marathons and two other half marathons and got the Rock and Roll Rockstar Medal. One of, 207 people to get the Rockstar medal. So, yeah, I'm kind of special, right? Not that I was fast in any of those, and I, like I say, I was in the, the bottom percentile. But that's the cool thing about it. You know, just, I committed to do it. It was fun. It was a goal. And um, I uh, hurt my Achilles tendon doing that overuse, overtraining, not smart lifting weights or anything, not smart stretching. So yeah, that kind of put me back. And uh, so that's why my running now is a little different. I'm just not trying, trying not to overdo it. And I noticed that the weightlifting does support the running. And I knew that 10 years ago. I just didn't find a way to lift weights. So, there you go. Physical fitness, the body. The body is what it is. You can exercise it, but it's your body. It's unique to you. It's all the dimensions, the muscles, the DNA that you have is you. So, we uh, beginners, we tend to compare ourselves to everybody else and that's the other nice thing about um, running or exercising it's we're competing against ourselves and it's not I mean competing isn't a great thing to say but I mean it's sort of 
sort of competing against yourself. You're, you might as well measure your own improvement on yourself and not, not uh, ask people too many, too much about. Do you run an 11-minute mile, 10-minute mile, 9-minute mile, 8-minute mile? If you run a 7-minute mile, you're smoking hot. That's good. 6. Of course, 5-minute mile, you're like world uh, world performer. Because five, around 5 to 5.15-minute mile for 26 miles gets you a world record in the marathon. So, the, you know, that's your 5, 5.5-minute elite runners way out there on the distribution curve and uh, there that's great it's not gonna be me I'm I'm twice as slow so I'm like a 10 minute guy and you need to be about uh, nine nine minute pace for 26 miles to get under four hours so I'd like to do a marathon under four hours. My best is 4:20, but uh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not. I'm not. It's. I know it's a 20-week prep. If you really want to do it right, and I'm not quite ready to enter into that preparation. It's nice to put out there. Uh, like, like for me, I could probably say, well, let me go for the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon in June of 2019. And I could start in January. I mean, that's still possible for me if I do well between now and January. But then that would be a commitment of running four times a week and pushing myself, which is okay. But I, I, I don't think I need to do it right now. I want to just, I just want to get a better baseline to build from. Whereas before I had no baseline, I just entered into it, did a couple of halves. And now I'm thinking, well, maybe 2019 is not great, but maybe 2020. But there's so much stuff in my life that will distract me between now and June 2020. But it's probably a more reasonable goal. And it is a fun marathon to do in San Diego. So... Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And we're almost home. So how did, I, I took some shots at John Oliver and trying to elevate Gutfeld and Boomerman. So Boomerman is uh, B-O umlaut H B-M-E-R M-A-N-N Boomerman. I'm pretty sure it's two ends. Boomerman. Jan. And the wife's heading off to choir. So, I'll. Okay. All right, so I'm going to come at 1045. Okay. I'll see if Cameron can come. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll see ya. The pancakes are ready. Thanks, the wife. The uh, she's off to sing in the choir, which is great. And uh, we're back home, and I can 
do my plan, which will be run first, and then eat, and then eat the pancakes. So we got some, whoa, bud, hold on. Whoa, some water there. And there was a, a uh, Sunday morning podcast. So everyone, let me see, I gotta get this set up. What do we do? Here we go, here we go, 40 minute podcast. Everybody have a great day, bye-bye.